Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. We made it this far. I don't know where the time went. I know. Mm. But hey, celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Already, huh? Okay. Oh, we're going to be talking bottles all night long. Okay. Watch out now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, indeed. Mm. How are you tonight, Kettle? I can't complain. Can't complain at all. No need to do all that. Mm-mm. What about you, Papa Didi? I'm good. Very good. Well, if everybody's How good, you? got your seatbelts on. Oh, I'm always good. Oh, boy. Okay. I can't mm-hmm. be anything but good. Okay. All right. Thank you, you for asking, so. Miss Ibuku. <laughs> okay, Miss Ibuku. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready to fire up that rundown? See what's going on for tonight? Yeah. Your boy acting as cool as usual. Same stuff, different day. Okay. <laughs> he can't Hot topic. Yeah, he can't. Um, the government shutdown, that's the big issue uh, lately, continues over border wall because your boy can't get his wall. Also, black hotel guests making call in lobby accused of loitering, loses his room. And um, Maine Governor Paul McPage certifies an election result but still complains it was stolen. Also, hidden and quitted headlines. Seattle social worker leaves $11 million to charity. Also, NBA doesn't want LeBron making su- su- what sustained recruiting picks, pitches to Anthony Davis. Interesting. And Wells Fargo paying $575 million to states to settle fake account claims. What's popping with Papa Didi? Also, our weird news tonight. Boy calls 911 to gripe about Christmas gifts. Also, burglar breaks into house, convinces homeowners to give him a ride, and man tried to pay for McDonald's with a bag of weed. 
Okay. I'm just <laughs> saying with Red Wine, it's about us. Living for the city with Papa Didi. Got a surprise for us tonight. My Hollywood wrap-up, I'm going to talk about a few things. Some folks that we lost in 2018. Also, the cocktail of the week, naughty and nice. I'll kiss it list in the last word. So get back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topic. Interesting, hmm. That's a political move. 
Trump has mm-hmm. had no public event, and aides offered few details about his schedule. Really? So at a time when most of Congress um, has left town for the holidays, despite the budget Im- impasse, uh, Trump has emphasized his decision to cancel a planned vacation at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida and remain in Washington, D.C. Really? But he has chosen not to use this time to engage in substantive negotiations over the budget or seize the public stage and make his case for funding the border wall. Instead, he's uh, he's filled the silence with a rash of tweets that have blamed Democrats for the shutdown. Really, really, really. So he initially demanded $5 billion for the wall, but the White House offered a deal for um, about half of that amount. The Democrats, they re- the Democrats, they rejected it, refusing to go above $1.3 billion in uh, border security funding that would not include the wall. Really? Okay. So it just sounds like nobody's budging. I'm like... So where are we? What are we going to do? It's about 350,000, I'm sorry, roughly 800,000 workers affected, including 350,000 who are um, on furlough at home. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. People are complaining that they have, um, you know, uh, put their money out there on the line because, you know, what the Christmas gifts now they have to pay the bill and they can't because they can't get paid. It's crazy. You know, people talking about mortgage, how they going to pay their mortgage, um, just regular bills, utility bills and so on. Uh, it's rough. Yeah. I don't know what they think people are going to do. And, uh, did you see the information that the Office of Professional Management put out, OPM? No, what they say? They put some information out with some sample letters that employees of the government could send to their uh, landlord, mortgage company, mm-hmm. and creditors mm-hmm. to give a suggestion to say, you know, reach out to the folks who you owe money to, and basically mm-hmm. asked for leniency because of the shutdown. Right. But the one that got me is the one where they said if you are renting, like for your landlord, you could mm-hmm. offer to, like, barter, I guess, like offer to do some mm-hmm. chores or do some work or something to offset the cost of your rent. Really? And I'm thinking, you know, this just my opinion I don't think that's mm-hmm. a box of, uh, what do you call it, a can of worms that anybody wants to open unless you have a really good relationship with with your landlord if you're renting. Because, first of all, how does anybody put a value on the service that you can provide? If you're, let's say you're a government employee and you make whatever you make, now you mm-hmm. can't pay your rent. You owe, mm-hmm. let's say you owe your landlord $1,000 a month for rent. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You're proposing to sweep the buildings and pick up trash for what? In consideration of how much of a discount on your rent. You know, I guess that's saying, something what, that you, you, right. But I guess that's something you have to talk to your landlord about, you know, can I border with you? Can you cut off maybe, I mean, you know, chop off maybe 
$50 in my rent because, you know, and then who wants to do that extra labor? Um, you know, the yeah. government has put me in the hole. Why should I do extra labor to try to chip off my rent? That's not fair to me. That's so unfair. No. Oh. And in reality, most apartment complexes already have people that they contract to do yeah. all that kind of work. So what are you proposing, right. to take work away from them? The landlord That's isn't true. interested in having more people out emptying trash and sweeping the front and whatnot. They need, they mm-hmm. want their money. Right. So I don't, you know, to me, I thought that was a little bit uh, over the over the top for OPM. It's fine to suggest mm-hmm. letters to say, you know, with creditors and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, to say you can hear some ideas and then say, well, you know, if you run into any issues, we're not legal people. You should seek an attorney. How are you going to pay a lawyer if you don't have a check coming in? So now you're going to have to go get a lawyer potentially and tell him, well, I can pay you as soon as the government reopens. I mean, the whole thing is just messy. It really is. It's just yeah, messy. I agree. You're right. It is. Just messy. That's the, that's the key thing. Yeah. So, I can understand OPM wanting to help, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that was really how helpful that, that little so-called advice was. But mm-hmm. that's just my opinion on it. All right. You quiet over there, Papa? You all right? No, I'm just listening, you know. I mean, I know um, I'm still looking for those new uh, hosts, so I'm uh, taking applications and I'm looking at some. Oh, Lord. Of Why'd you ask him to talk? Looking at oh, some okay. of the people <laughs> interested I order new chairs for people to sit in when you guys leave. Um, wish you well. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you better wake up from the dream. Anyway, yeah. did you have anything to add to that about the shutdown, OPM, et cetera? No, I, we're just going to see what happens. I mean, it, everything is just a, it's a masquerade, you know. You never know what's happening with things. Why this money is really needed? Is this money that could be tied up and stuff? And you got to understand too that Trump is all into real estate, so he's probably got a few of his contractor friends that are going to be in the mix. Far as uh, doing this, nobody talked about who's going to get the contract of doing it and what their what's their relationship to Trump and how long this stuff is going to actually take. Is it going? To, is this going to take well past his presidency or something? Or are we going to feel like because? It's such a mess on the borders now that we need to keep him on, on, as president while the walls are going up. And what do we do? We, do we tear the wall down first while we build another wall up, or do we put a wall up against a bad wall? As we, I mean, there's a lot of questions that aren't answered. And $5 billion, that's a lot of money when we need to be fixing some of the infrastructure in this world, you know, bridges and everything else that's going on around here. It's horrible. I completely agree. Put some money into race relations and everything else. So it's just it's just a mess, you know. It's just a lot of money to just be out there. That's going to be. I'm sure they're going to approve it because you know Trump has that level of aggression that's going to make it happen. But then it's going to be like then what when the borders get all messed up with a uh, detour signs and uh, I mean please nobody's really. 
trying to get over to this country that damn bad, you know, like, I, mean, it's just, I don't know. Hell, look all the foreign wives he got. They snuck through that damn hole somehow. What are you going to do? Hmm. And be quiet. That's Red Wine's voice. I'm not going to talk oh, about Oh, no, it isn't. Anyway, my, there's other no, But my concern, though, is that, like you said, $5 billion, but where is the breakdown of where that money is actually going? Because I also heard some stuff on the news about the actual physical construction of the well, it's wall. Going to go into the, it's going to go to, into the government fund. And once it gets in the government fund, five, $5 billion, Trump is going to use that in all kinds of ways. He's going to use it as a slush money, any kind of hush money or whatever. You know, it's just going to be unforgotten because once they do it, it's going to be business as usual. He act, he act like he's a nice guy. And next year, oh, we started construction on this and that. I mean, please. But I'm saying that this particular uh, news article story that I saw was having something to do with the the materials that the walls, those sample walls had been built with, that something about there being some illegality about using any of those types of materials for the actual finished product. So we still don't even know what they would actually be constructing this this wall with because all the stuff that was done with those sample walls when he had those contractors built those, you know, those mini walls or whatever, that those materials were not, I don't know why, but it was, like I said, I don't have all the details, but I just thought that was crazy. I said, well, if you, if if that stuff is not material that could even be used, then why would you use it for samples? It The whole thing is just crazy. Mm-hmm. They still have kids that they haven't re- reunited with parents. I, it's, you talking about a mess. That's a mess. That whole situation is a mess. Yeah. But all right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh what you got over there, Papa? I have uh this next story is very interesting. Uh, a black uh, hotel guest was making a call in the lobby accused of loitering and uh lost his room. So a black guest at an Oregon hotel is accused of it was uh He's uh, accusing the staff at the hotel of racially profiling him after the police was called on him as he was as he made a phone call in a lobby. He uh, ultimately was forced to give up his room. His name is uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Maisley. In a video posted to Instagram, said he was in uh, Portland on Saturday to see uh, rapper Travis Davis perform. When after the concert, he got a call from his mother on the East Coast because of the uh, late hour of her call. He said he was uh, suspected that he may be in an emergency, so he found a remote area in a Doubletree Hotel lobby and answered the call. Now, obviously this was a, being this gentleman was at a Travis Scott concert. Travis Scott is a young rapper, a uh, Raise these little braids in this area. He, he has some beats. Heck, he's coming to D.C. here shortly. Oh, yeah. And he showed footage of some of his last concerts, and they really carry on. <laughs> so, obviously, if, if looking at the the real, uh, the the true analogies of this, uh, obviously, the hotel must have knew that that concert was in town. 
Okay, because people, some people keep their ear to the ground of all the Negroid events that go on, you know. And I think that uh, there may have been a little spillover in hotels because usually when there's a crowd downtown, come from a concert, you know, you know, especially if you've been in New Orleans doing the Essence Festival, those lobbies and hotels can get very full and festive with people. Just hang around, talking, socializing, whatever, meeting, whatever. So I'm sure that something was going on, like they, like like you said with the whole, with the Travis Scott uh, concert that that uh, made the people of that particular town and area a little edgy from the beginning because they knew there was a Negroid uh, rapper performing that night. So therefore, uh, you know, keep all hands uh, on they deck. They were on high alert. It was on high alert, of course. So now the man's in there making his call, calling the East Coast and what have you, and. You know he's kind of privatized himself in a certain area of the of the lobby, and then all of a sudden the police walk up on him, and I asked him, "What's he doing here?" And he says, "I have a room here." And and somebody makes a comment saying, "Well, not anymore once they got to the bottom line that they had it because you're loitering and what have you." But it doesn't make sense, you know, between between all that. And I think that there's another case added to other cases. Throughout this year, people that are doing everything while black, walking, riding, standing, sitting, squatting, farting, burping, whatever you're doing while black, and they look at you because uh, they're wondering, you know, what are you doing in this particular environment? What are you doing in this hotel? How are you affording this? And what are you, what's your intentions? You know, they're shaking their boots behind the counter. They don't want you to get them robbed them. They think that's what you do. You know, you're part of the whole conspiracy theory of uh, just turn the whole neighborhood black for a night kind of thing. I mean, it's, it was very interesting. Very, very interesting. And uh, So they put him out? So they put him out. Wow. And, uh, you know, they said, uh, yeah, he said, how am I luring this hotel? It's public, uh, public place. And so, uh, so the area is off limits. Uh, after after a certain time, and, and it, just, it just became rhetoric. This uh, that's really unnecessary. And the fact that he was a guest, you know, he should have just kind of. I mean, everybody could have played it different. And then on the back end, they say, well, you know, they're apologizing, saying that we need to get people more training. First of all, I think race Same race race relations is training you should learn at home from your your parents or whoever raised you. It, it's not. Uh, there's nothing you can learn a second time around that you should know from the beginning. You know, some people just on the edge because they feel like the the, the carefree white world that they were raised in from the beginning is uh, what they want to keep it. And once there's a chance that somebody's growing too much in society or growing up too much with society and having the privileges that they had, people get a little worried because now the, the competition's over. The whole cat and mouse chase game is over. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a deep situation. So. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a scene Go ahead. Go. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying it's a shame that this stuff keeps happening, but go ahead with your, your comment. I, I'm, I'm going to do a Steve Harvey on you. I'm going to break it down. This is what went down. This is my opinion. I think Homeboy, yeah, he was... Wanted to go somewhere, have a conversation on the phone. He, even though he had a room there and everything, but he probably was loud, belligerent. He could have been loud on the phone, you know. But 
Why are you in that man's conversation? So my thing is, before it escalated, the manager or whoever was on the desk should have said, well, sir, you know, maybe you might be a bit loud. Somebody could be complaining about you being loud or whatever. Um, and then they could have checked his room key then. Really didn't have to do that, but they could have just told him if he could tone it down. I think that's what happened. He was on the phone, and he was having a loud conversation. So that person on the desk felt as if they needed to call the police. And once the police get involved, it's a whole different ball game, you know. So. Well, I, I didn't read anything or see anything in the video where it appeared that he was being loud or belligerent. So I, I don't know if that was the case or not. When I watched, I watched the video that he shot from his phone. Right. And what's he the guy's was very name? even-tempered. Uh, I don't know. Papa, what's his name? The gentleman in question? Yeah, the brother's name mm-hmm. that was being profiled. His name is uh, Jermaine Massey. Okay. Yeah, when I looked at the video that Jermaine shot, he sounded very even-tempered when he was asking the guy, well, why are you, you know, asking me all these questions? No, and he said, I'm a guest here. He wasn't like his voice wasn't slurred, so he did not sound as if he was under any influence. He wasn't loud. He wasn't agitated. You know, it just, he sounded like he was very calm. The the people who were talking to him, they weren't all hyped up or anything either. They were just, you know, responding to his question, saying, uh, you, you have to go. And when he said, I'm a guest here, and they said, not anymore, you know, that was the way they handled it. So, wow. Wow. I don't know, you know, like I said, I of course, you know, you never know exactly all of what happened. Mhm. But yeah. you don't you don't see what happened before. So which right. is unfortunate. But I I'm gonna be on Mr. Massey's side. I think it was just another situation of racial profile. You know, mm-hmm. just that simple. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Sad, but it's true. Well, yep, sad but true. Um, I've got one last hot topic. This one, uh, we're going up to Maine, up to the top of the country in the Northeast Corridor, the Maine governor's election. Now, this has been going on since November. Apparently, um, they didn't want to certify the election because the Republicans lost to a Democrat, so they've been hemming and hawing about this whole uh, election result since November 6th. So the outgoing Maine governor, Paul LePage, who's a Republican and on the Kiss It list, has finally certified the victory of the Republic, I mean, of the, uh, um, what do you call him, governor-elect, Jared Golden, who's a Democrat, of the state's second congressional district on today, nearly two months after the November 6th election, but not without trying to get in one last dig (laughs) because he and other Republicans just did not want to accept that the Republicans lost the governor's seat. Now, the outgoing governor, the Republican guy, LePage, tweeted that he authorized the results because Golden's 
uh, opponent, Republican Bruce Poliquin, dropped his legal challenge earlier this week. So they had to take this thing to court to settle what the people voted for and said they wanted the Democrat in there. But the Republicans didn't want to accept it, so they wanted to fight it, take it to court. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff. So in the photo of the certification, the governor, the outgoing governor, Republican, wrote on the paperwork, stolen election, next to his signature that certified <laughs> the election. Now, how petty and childish is that? You're supposed to be certifying everything and turning over, like basically turning over the keys to the governor mansion, and you're going to write on the paper, stolen election. Like, stolen by who? The people? That's who voted. He's saying that because they have this thing with ranked choice voting in Maine, and he's saying that that was not really like the true results or something because it was a very close race. So it was traditionally a Republican seat, and now it's not. So suck it up. Get over it. You're out. A Democrat is in. It happens. You know, they they need to relax. And sometimes, you know, you go back, regroup, come back next time around, maybe you'll get back in. Uh, it was a long legal battle trying to overturn the voters' decision. Um, the ballot measure was the second time that voters had approved this ranking system that they first voted for in 2016. And earlier, a judge, uh, earlier this month, a federal judge rejected the Democrat uh, Poliquin's lawsuit attempting to challenge the election result and request a new election. Uh, and the judge ruled that the, well, he was trying to get the judge to rule that the ranking choice system was, in fact, constitutional. So I, I don't know what they got going on up there in Maine, but apparently... They got some funny business going on. <laughs> and the Democrats, the Democrat won the seat. It appears that, that it was fair and square, unlike what's going on in North Carolina. But we won't even talk about that because they still haven't even settled that. There's still some stuff with North Carolina with the election since November that they're talking about having to either do a redo or I don't know what they're doing. But... That's that for me. That's it for the hot topics. Uh, you got anything to add to that, Kettle? No, ma'am. All right. Papa mm-hmm. Didi, you got anything to add to that one? All right. He's sitting there shaking his head no. All right. Well, we're going <laughs> to take a quick, a quick break and come back with the Hit It and Quit It headlines. You're listening to the Pajama Party Show. It's the pre-Happy New Year show. Last one for 2018, if you want to call us tonight and get it in, one last time for 2018, the number is, what's the number, Papa? 914-803-4306. And what do they need to do, Kevin? Press 1. All right. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be coming right back with the Hit It and Quit It headlines on the Pajama Party Show. It's Friday night, and you're listening to The Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 
8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentary, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com. Check out the cocktail of the week. Get your glass and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good. All right, welcome back to the John Party. One of your Papa Didi, and we with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Those why, everybody. Those why. Okay, uh, getting <laughs> to our. She's laughing to her, so. <laughs> yeah, one too I'm many, huh? <laughs> in life, mm-hmm. enjoying my beverage, enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. Kind of like cope with me. Anyway. Don't be a hater. Uh, All right. Hit him and quit him. Want to hit him and quit him headlines. Uh, Kettle, what you got there for us? Okay. We have a gentleman. He has left $11 million to some organizations. His name is Alan Namain, Seattle social worker. He would wear, uh, he would patch his shoes with duct tape. He left $11 million. Um, Washington State social worker Alan uh, Naiman um, was known for um, thriftiness that veered into comical, but even those closest to him had no um, inkling of the fortune he um, quietly amassed in the last act that he had um, long planned. He died of cancer this year. He was 63, leaving most of a surprise of $11 million. The state, to uh, children's charities, um, that helped the poor, sick, disabled, and abandoned. The amount um, baffled the beneficiaries and his best friends, who are um, uh, landing uh, uh, the gentleman as the anniversary of his death approaches in January. Um, yeah, so he he, he left um, eleven million dollars, and he from his salary he only he earned sixty seven thousand dollars a year. Um, but he had left um, different organizations, $2.5 million to Pediatric um, Interim Care Center. It's a private organization in Washington State that cares for babies born to mothers who um, uh, abuse drugs. Um, he left um, $900,000 to an organization called the Treehouse Foster Care Organization, Um and um, he, he he just left quite a bit of money, so I'm like, that's that's a great thing. Finally, we we hear something that's that comes out of good of this year, 2018, instead of you know so many bad things. But um, yeah, instead of the usual. Yeah, yeah. So who knew? I mean, you know. I guess a lot of people didn't think he had money because he was very frugal. He um, he he didn't buy a new car. I think he bought a new car once in his life, which was like a sports car. Um, unfortunately, his um, 
he was taking care of his brother, which was he he was sim- somewhat disabled, and he passed about two or three years ago. So, um, but uh, good for him. Good for him. Wow. I'm just amazed that, I mean, even if you just cut back on everything, minimal living, mm-hmm. he saved up $11 million like that? Mm-hmm. Well, wow. um, they said that he would, um, you know, he was very frugal. And I guess he was just to the bare minimums of, of what he needed, you know. I guess he was the type of person that uh, did the um, clippings, you know, when you're going into the store and stuff like that. So um, he was he was not married. He didn't have any children. Um, he said he would scrump and save. He did some investments, so he did a, a, a little bit of that. Um, oh, okay. And he worked extra jobs also. So he had about, besides um, him being a social worker, he had two other jobs. He would do odds and end jobs also. So it just seemed like every penny that he made, he um he just saved, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm up to him. I know those charities were happy to get that money. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It sounded like they were near and dear to his heart. So I mean, wow, two point five million, like I said, pediatrics and nine hundred thousand to a treehouse um, foster care organization. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. I can see it finally something positive and uplifting. Yes, for oh. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll hit them and quit them and keep it moving. Uh, going to you, Papa Dini. All right. I didn't know if you being, being that frugal can get you that kind of dough, but uh... <laughs> apparently he did. He did. Yeah, he did make some investments, so, I mean, so apparently mm-hmm. they must have came out pretty good then. Mm. Must have. He must have been picking winners all the time. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Okay. All right, this next story we're going to talk about is concerning the NBA. NBA uh, claims they do not want uh, LeBron James making uh, – he uh, didn't want him to uh, make substantial uh, recording efforts on uh, pitches to Anthony Davis, who was the unibrow guy from the oh unibrow from the uh, he, he currently plays with the Pelicans from uh, New Orleans, and he's up for a we'll just say a free agency. And I think that uh, everybody thinks that LeBron James is uh, after getting him on the team. And people like Charles Barkley is saying that uh, they don't think that people should try to put together some type of monopoly team. When it, when monopoly teams and things like that have been going on for ages, you know. So how is Charles Barkley going to sit his ass down and talk about what should be and what shouldn't be when there's been different people? I mean, my goodness, look at the, the – Chicago Bulls, for example, you know, they had Horace Grant, they had uh, Dennis Rodman, they had Michael Jordan, they had Scottie Pittman, you know. Then you go over to the to the, um, the Lakers, they had uh, Magic Johnson, they had uh, uh, Kareem Abdul, you know, it was just, everybody has, uh, you said the Twin Towers, 
in uh, San Antonio, you had the Admiral who was uh, Robinson with uh, uh, the other brother. Uh, I mean, it was just—it's always been. It's not really this. That this not really by design. I mean, people still have to mash together when they come there, and they have to play like individual champions in order to achieve championship status. Just because you got a bunch of people that have talent that are good on a team doesn't mean. Uh, that they can do anything, you know. Cleveland Brown is a, a case in point on that situation. They're playing now because they finally got a quarterback, Heisman Trophy quarterback, that's just taking it serious. And uh, you know, he's no holes barred. He, they got rid of the coach, so now they're kind of letting the, the quarterback do his thing. You know, thinking he's the great white hope, and he's putting things together. So Cleveland Browns is starting to look a little better. This team last year won no games at all. And they had some of the same people on the team. So how do you a year later now have a record whereas uh, they want you to to win in order for Pittsburgh Steelers to get in? So people are hoping that you can win and know you can win in order for another team to get in. So monopolies, if, if you want to call them that, has always been on teams. There's always been teams where there's been a good second person. I mean, look at the Golden State Warriors right now. They got Seth. They got KD. They got... Uh, you know, all these players. So how are you going to deny LeBron James getting somebody if they want to? But, you know, Charles Barkley didn't got old. His ass just sitting back. Talking why why are they crap. singling out LeBron? Well, could he think that he's trying to build a, a some type of legacy or what have you? Well, the, the team to beat nowadays at Leslie is supposed to be Golden State. But Golden State been getting their ass whooped lately. So they they're all out of sync. You know, Trayvon Green, he's uh you know, he's 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 horrible anymore these days, so so he's just trying to act like, you know, and plus Charles Barkley talking this stuff, thinking everybody needs to come in with a mediocre team and do their best to win. Nobody has that. Every team in the world wants the best they can get, you know, even though I mean, look at Tom Brady, he would come up with all kinds of people through the years, you know, whoever's available. New England Patriots will sneak in and get this one and get that one and play him for a year. They take the New England Patriots take the season a year at a time. Other teams will hire somebody for five years. Now they got three people in there with five year contracts, but the Patriots will pull people out of the back alley. As long as they good. You know, like when you're going through the train station, you see somebody playing a trumpet and you got a band, you say, Yeah, meet me out of the studio, man, you're gonna play a trumpet. That's how the Patriots play. Mm-hmm. They get all kind of vagrants and half half big people and Ex cons and all kinds of stuff, you know, and uh, so that's always been there for a team to get the best people they can get, but it doesn't mean that uh, LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis is gonna gonna set it off or they're gonna make it happen. So that's all depend on the people. So sure. I think Charles Barkley needs to shut his mouth and uh, let the new generation do what they're gonna do. It's all showbiz, you know. Okay. So, so James Barkley, he was he was the catalyst to start all of this. Yeah, Charles Barkley, yeah, the Round Mound. Right. Yeah, and that, yeah. uh, you don't think that LeBron should be trying to recruit him because they're trying to get a monopoly team? Of, well, don't you want the best people you can get? But you know? isn't it the coach's job or the owner's job or something? General manager. Yeah, somebody else. Yeah, but if you got LeBron on your team, Jim, LeBron's not going to sit back and wait for you to hand him people. You know what I mean? 
Right. So because he's LeBron, he can step into a role that other players normally would not? That would be yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's almost okay. like if LeBron talks, everybody's going to listen, like the E.F. Hutton thing. Oh, is that what it yeah. is? Yep, 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 yep. Well, I think it. he needs to stay in his lane. That's just what I think. Oh, all right, then. <laughs> Well, yeah. I want to talk about Wells Fargo. Once again, Wells Fargo's in the news. Over the past yeah. two years, Wells Fargo has faced numerous lawsuits and government investigations stemming from a cascade of business scandals. And on today, Wells Fargo took a step to put at least one batch of accusations behind it. The bank has agreed to pay $575 million to all 50 states and the District of Columbia to settle civil charges related to the bank's fake account scandal. The agreement, which applies to charges brought by states' attorneys generals, follows other fines and settlements that they've paid out since September of 2016. Now, if you recall, that's when the bank admitted that their employees had opened as many as three and a half million fake bank accounts and fake credit card accounts without customers' knowledge. Since that first revelation, a series of internal and external pros have uncovered a wider culture of problems at the bank. Now, going back to May of this year, well, no, April. In April, two federal regulators Find the bank one billion with a B, one billion dollars for forcing customers into car insurance and charging mortgage borrowers unfair fees. That happened in April. Then going back to May, Wells Fargo agreed to pay four hundred and eighty million to settle a class action securities fraud lawsuit brought by investors who said the bank made misstatements and omissions in disclosures about their sales practices. Now, this past October, they agreed to pay $65 million in penalties to New York State for related fake account scandals. So now they're going to have to give up $575 million that's going to be spread out across all the states and Washington, D.C. because of all this fake account crap. And as part of their latest agreement, Wells Fargo said that they will designate teams to review customer inquiries and create a website that describes the bank's mediation efforts. Doesn't nobody care about your website. Doesn't nobody care about your teams. You know, you putting teams together. What these are the teams that work for you. So what exactly are they going to do that's going to benefit the customers if they're on your payroll, Wells Fargo? Come on now. We didn't just go get born last night. Come on. Yep, 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 yep. You got it. So they're still under restrictions imposed by the Federal Reserve in February that they are not allowed to grow any bigger than they were at the end of last year. And that was $2 trillion with a T, $2 trillion Jeez. in assets, until the mm, Federal Reserve mm, is mm. satisfied that they cleaned up their act. So anything that they're trying to do to grow and expand or whatever, the, the Federal Reserve said, we're not going to let you get any bigger 
than you were at the end of last year, which was at $2 trillion in assets. Now, mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, so how are y'all controlling this, this monster from getting any bigger if you say I'm going to limit you to what you were at the end of last year, which was two freaking trillion dollars? Jesus. I don't see that as a penalty. Wow. You know, that's like telling the kid, go stand in the corner, and then when they start crying, you say, all right, you can come out. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Okay. Yep. I think we've seen them in the news at least three times talking about the same stuff. (sighs) Well, it's It's like every other month or so. They're in the news because they've been cutting up. Oh no, we got a caller. Let's see what the caller thinks about it. Caller, you are live on the Pajama Party Show. What do you think about it? Hi, and happy holidays to y'all and all that other good stuff. Well, happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa, Holla, Hanukkah. And real wise, you say this the last show of the, of the year till next year. So starting next yep. year, not talking about my boy, okay? I don't want to hear it. Don't oh, we're going to start a year time. out with him, just so you know. Okay, no, don't leave him alone. Okay, I'll call in. <laughs> I want to put this, I don't know if y'all heard about it. I want to put this bank on the kisser list. Okay. What? Okay. Which one? This bank This bank in Ohio, right? This black guy, this is black man, was handcuffed while trying to cash his paycheck. Oh, oh, yeah, we heard about it. Okay, put that bank on, on there. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the name of it. We had them on the Kiss It list, I think, uh, last week or week before. Yeah. But we will add them again. Okay, I know y'all well, heard about well, what, it. What was the story? Uh, I didn't hear about it. What was the story? No, he had just got a new job, and he got a paycheck. It say over a little over $1,000, so he went to the bank. You cash a check, you know, ID, then you do like the fingerprint and all that. So the mm-hmm. teller, they were trying to contact the company from the check, and they couldn't mm-hmm. catch him. So the teller calls 911. And so he leaves, you know, they you know, hold him for a little while, then they say, no, we can't cash it, we can't get in touch with the people. So he walks outside the bank, and a police car pulls up, and the police is like, they follows him. And they stopped him to know, yeah, about something. So he said, I wasn't trying to rob a bank. So they arrested police. They done the investigation. They found the, the company. They said, oh, the check is mm-hmm. good. So now that bank, that branch is trying to apologize to him, but he won't talk to him. So the next day he went to the same bank but a different branch and had no problem cashing the check. Mm-hmm. So then they called it Banking While Black. <laughs> Oh my God! What is the You're bank right. in Ohio? I remember that. Yeah, it don't make no sense. Yeah, it don't. Mm-hmm. Then yep. I was reading an article that was saying Christmas Day in Florida. This man, 82 years old, he shoot and kill his son Christmas Day. He's 82. His son is 50. Yeah, yeah, 50. And they've been having a long feud for years. Year 2000, the man was 63 and the son was 31. The son would always jump on him. 
and he beat him outside the home. The old man pulled out a forty-five and shot him in the shoulder, right? Shot him in the shoulder. So, like, self-defense, so the man didn't get no time. Now, Christmas night, he argument again. He shoots him in the upper body and killed him. Now, they say this old man can face up to 30 years in jail. I say, this don't make no sense. That's a shame. Yeah, what is That's going crazy. on? Real. Yeah, yeah, so it is. wasn't no offense this time? Well, it, it should be because they say, because when some of the families, like they, it was that August, it was a long term family feud between them two. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's sad. Well, Where speaking of jail time, let me ask you this. Has anybody heard anything about Bill Cosby making wild accusations since he's yeah, been in oh, jail? Yeah, he's trying to. The wife is trying to get him out or something. Did she I, try I to, saw some get him stuff out? where it was about. Well, he, I saw something where it says that he's been saying that he thinks there's hidden cameras that's watching him, and that well, there's they some kind of. In the beginning. Well, he's saying that there's some kind of, like, audio signal that's like a low pitch. You can't hear it, but it's it's mm-hmm. distracting and it does something to your brain or some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. What is happening? Hmm. No, I haven't heard anything I like that. I don't know. I don't I know if he is, like, flipping. trying to get him out, and I don't think they're going to do it. But they think his mental state is not all together. Mm-hmm. Well, what I read, I it didn't have to do with him getting out. It had to do with sounding like he's going crazy, for real. Whoa. Okay. Oh. Mental no, I'm talking about being watched and these these tones. Mm-hmm. You remember down in Cuba when they said the, the diplomats or something, they were saying that that tone was making people have bad headaches, and then they finally mm-hmm. said it was some kind of a signal or something that you couldn't hear. But it was definitely, you know, somebody was doing something that was causing people to have headaches and earaches and something. When they first went, they said that, like, they get cameras everywhere. Like, you know, they watch all the prisoners. They Mm -hmm. said he was okay. But now, I feel like, as far as them, like, trying to get him out of something. So, also, it's messing him up, huh? Okay. I don't know. The Shine's mental state is not all the way there. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean, he they said, like, phone calls he's been making when he's allowed to make phone calls. He's saying mm-hmm. stuff about how he didn't do anything to these women but try to help them. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. for him, some of these women would be dead because he tried to help them and save them and I don't know. I don't know what is going on. So I was wondering if anybody else had heard any of that or read it. Oh, I got to investigate on that. But speaking of my boys, okay? Now, mm-hmm. I want y'all women's opinion. Papa Didi, I don't want yours. I want their opinion on this. When he couldn't go down there to Florida, <laughs> and she was down there, and she had to come back. Speaking from a woman, tell me what was on her mind when she was flying back here. Is she was going to beat him up or what? 
<laughs> Y'all tell me. <laughs> she gonna beat him up. Why, why we think he's gonna beat him up? Why? <laughs> no, be like, okay, you couldn't come down here because you act stupid. So now I got to come back. So you sleep in your bedroom. If you say the thing to me, I'm going to knock you inside your head. You know, speaking from a woman for me. So what was your, what was your reaction with me? Uh, I mean, she didn't look too happy. But what what I okay, want to know did. is, what was she thinking with that, that little short green jacket with the brown leggings? <laughs> and she came back when they came back from the road. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but I'm trying to figure that one out too. I was like, okay, Miss Lady. What was that about? Well, I can't. Well, wait a minute. Did you did you also notice when they were coming down the airplane step, he held her hand? Right. I said, well, okay. I think he's he he holding on in paradise. Yeah, he don't. Well, he knows hold now. He better hold her hand. He knows. Now, now I came to a conclusion on another incident with what do you call him, Fat Boy. The one was in New Jersey. Uh-huh. When mm-hmm. he wanted him oh, to Chris, be the Chris. chief of staff. Yeah, we want mm-hmm. he yeah. wanted him to be the chief of staff. So Chris Christie say, Oh no, Mrs. no, Mr. President, I can't accept it because I have family issues. I came to that conclusion quick. I said that wife told me, if you do that job, I will beat the hell out of you. I came to that conclusion quick. Okay. <laughs> She's gonna beat the hell out of him. Okay. Probably okay. right. That's why he did that, I believe. Job. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Yeah. Well, okay, so I'll see y'all next year. Okay. All right. Leave them alone now. Leave them alone. Yeah, okay. We'll do what we can. That's all I can say. I know you'll try. You'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, call it. Thank you so All much. Right. Thanks for All calling. right. If anybody else wants to join in the conversation, give us a call tonight at 914-803-4306. Press 1. If you're listening mm-hmm. online, you want to join the conversation, you got to pick up the phone. Give us a call. Get it in for the last time in 2018. Uh, let's see. This is the Pajama Party Show sponsored by DC Homegrown Entertainment, our parent company. You can check them out at dchomegrown.com. And please, uh, uh, what I want to say, please uh, uh, patronize our sponsors as well. Check them out on dchomegrown.com, Purple House Books, Radiance Designers. They're all there on dchomegrown.com. We are going to, what, take a CC? All right, we're going to take a CC and come back. Come back with Papa Didi and what's poppin' on the Pajama Party Show. Be right back. Living just enough, just enough for the shit Okay, well, why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing Pajama Party. Well, I, was, I was talking about my little, uh, one, of my segment, one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Now you're you riding me. Uh, That's every Friday night at 9. Pajama party, no clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine, uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my turn. Yeah, call us at 914 803 
to beat up on the word ghetto. A ghetto is a, a normal thing that's been originated by a Jewish community, meaning a section of town. You live in the West Ghetto, the South Ghetto, the North Ghetto, the East Ghetto. So ghetto was something that, that constituted area. But in typical fashion, whenever the racist white man came along, they when blacks began to live in these neighborhoods, they said the ghetto. You know, they put a slang on it, like nigger and nigger, you know. So you got the AR N-word and you got the ER N-word. You got the ghetto and the ghetto and, you know. So it, it's everybody, terms have been emphasized, generated, and, and different things. Lingo has been generated and emphasized based on people that, that didn't have a, 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 a level of care for black people so they would emphasize everything they would put stigmas on black people and speak on the stigmas so much that black people began to be, believe it themselves like black people steal and black people are lazy well we're so lazy I go into Walmart now in the morning you know I used to go to Walmart first thing in the morning and I'm saying black people stock the shelves and they're pushing carts of, of of tons and tons of merchandise out there with forklifts unloading the trucks. And the white folks are walking around with laptops in their hands supervising. It's almost like a damn Tarzan movie in there with all the black people pushing carts and milk and bleach and bread and everything they're doing to stock the shelves. And white folks are walking around, you know, just just casual, dressed better, got a little uh, tablet in their hand keeping track of people, telling this person to go over here and do so. Who the hell is lazy? So who is lazy when you got the people that of, of color that are mostly in your labor force, whether it be McDonald's, Burger King, any place you go to, there's 10,000 blacks in the place, but you get a hair in your food and there's your manager and here comes a Caucasian joker out of the back room. So who's lazy? And, and even in Prince George County, let's use that county as an example. Every store you go into, restaurant or whatever, there's an abundance of black people working as employees. But there's always a, you know, Mr. Charlie in the back running things. And he's overseeing a whole nine. And then it's almost to the point where now the young black people, like at McDonald's or somewhere, are, are talking to that white boss and telling them all their problems and telling them stuff like that. And, and this is how things get infiltrated in the community is when we sit back and start confessing our problems to white folks who don't care, and it's the same way with commercials on TV, just to tie the two together. People, you see a commercial about a, a car company or some type of product they're selling, and you'll hear some black song from way back, way back. We said, damn, how do you know about that song? Well, they got your attention because some black-ass spy that works for the Ford company, he works in the uh, the Negroid or the, uh, what, what would they call it, politically correct, the urban culture, such and such. The He's the executive vice president of oh, urban culture. Well, his, he's there to just distribute secrets from Negroes. Anything blacks did, talked about, music they like, music they listen to, they go to Sam Gibson. He's the vice president of urban urban development or what have you. He's just a black spy just telling the white man everything we talked about that we sung about, songs that we liked, things that we did. So therefore, anything we like and it's going to get our attention or songs that really got to our heart, it's going to be put on the back of a damn Ford commercial or any other commercial got to do with trying to sell a product. 
That way, if you're in there doing something in the house, you're washing dishes, you're vacuuming the floor, you're you're feeding your grandchild or whatever, and you listen to his song up on TV saying, oh, Dan, that's my jam. How the hell do you know about that song? Because that black-ass vice president of urban fucking whatever is sitting there giving the white man everything we ever built, known, or believed in, or liked. Hand it to him on a silver platter. Oh, put this one here. They'll like this. This is off the Stevie Wonder uh, Hotter Than July album. This is something that was real popular amongst the black. He's just, you know, and they love it. Hey, Charlie, uh, we got a product here. Give us a song from the black community that will go with this. You know what I mean? It's sad. I mean, it's sad. It's sad. You wonder where that song came from that you hear that, you know, why why are they playing this Parliament Funkadelic song, Flashlight? Who gives it to them? It's a black-ass spy that they gave a bullshit vice president title to and say, give us all your damn secrets. What a fucking shame. Anyway, I I said I was going to wheeze you, didn't I? Anyway, so what I'm saying in a nutshell is that, you know, we as a people need to come together and understand the fact that we have our own history. We have our own pockets of glory. You know, nowadays, people of another persuasion are trying their best to have 10, 15% of, of blackness in them in order for them to achieve things. You know, a white boy that's got jungle fever, he got to have 15% of soul in him in order for him to get some, some to get with a sister. He got to be able to talk to him and convince him and make him laugh. So he needs some Negroite, some Negroite um, lingo in him. So the sister can say, oh, my God, look at you. You sound so heavy. You sound so, I might just give me some pussy. Yeah. Damn, you sound so, oh, God, I can't believe it. Next thing he's knocking the bottom out. Because he came off with all the different slangs and stuff he liked. He came in with the proper 10% of blackness to convince the sister that, you know, he knows whatever, whatever. But eventually he calls her a nigger and she smacks him in the face and they don't see each other again. But, in, you know, down the line. But I'm just saying, you know, it's a mess. We're, we're being we're being chipped on on all sides. You know, we're just this big piece of gold bouillon cube that people chip on us for their own benefits, for their own belief, for their own casualness, you know, and, and they hate us on the job because we're, you, you have people that are executive bosses that are going to ask an assistant in the mailroom who's dressed so nice, nails are always done, hair is always done. So so the white big boss goes there casually, uh, 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 Felicia, I, I don't mean to pry, but girl, where did you get that, where did that outfit you had the other day, that orange outfit, where did you get it? And then Felicia tells her every fucking thing. Oh, I got that for such and such and such and such and such and such. Now, she's not going to wear it on a job because, you know, Felicia will see it. But she'll wear it in her own, in her own social world. So, like I said, I only said it to say that we are being just, the life is being sucked out of us. We're being hijacked on every angle. And we're doing stuff natural. That's just what and who we are. So, I'm going to close and get off my soapbox to say that, you know what? Every day in this world, we are being emulated. We are being... Uh, duplicated, but we're being hated, but they love the shit out of what we do, our style and our flavor, how we talk, what we do, but they would never do that. And I'm going to close by saying that happened to Gail, what's her name, uh, Gail King? Mm -hmm. Gail King on TV the other day. They were commenting about the story we did um, where the um, 
Oh, the Christmas Carol. The, the song, baby yeah. Baby is cold outside. Yeah, baby is cold outside. At the end of the segment, Gail King said, "I don't really go for that. I don't see the comparison or that." And a lady O'Donnell, mm-hmm. Nora, Nora O'Donnell, and the other white guy in the room didn't. Cut, she said, "But what do you guys think?" And Nora sat there like a fucking deer in headlights, and the other white guy didn't say anything either. And 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 then Gail said, "Oh, so I'm in this by myself." So this is going to show you they let Gail speak her mind about something, but then the two coworkers who were supposed to be her fucking friends and you sit down and eat lunch together they have fucking shrimp cocktail in the, in the cbs goddamn lunchroom together and whatever else they do together but when it came time for political correctness or where they felt that she went out there on her they left her alone but here's the backstory on that gail is oprah winfrey's best friend so if my best friend is a billionaire, y'all can really kiss my ass, Nora O'Donnell. This is the best opportunity you've had in your life. And a little gay motherfucker sitting beside you who's trying to just maintain his shit based on Charlie Rose being out. That's the only reason why your ass got up in there. And the Me Too movie ain't going to fuck with you because you got dick in your hand. So therefore, anyway, I don't mean to get hard and strong, <laughs> but I'm just saying on the back end, nor or this other motherfucker let Gail sit out there by herself. But Gail, you go ahead and break bread with your billionaire best friend Oprah and fuck them. Okay? So anyway. Alrighty, Papa DJ. Woo! I thought Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was his new big gift to everybody. Like Muhammad Ali say, rumble, young man, rumble. Ah! Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, on that note, I guess we will lighten it up. Give us a call, 914-803-4306, if you want to comment on that. One if you dare. Dare. We're going to lighten it up and go into the weird news. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, you ready? No, I ain't ready. Mm-mm. Okay, well, I can go while you get ready. Because mm-hmm. I got one Probably. I want to. I have something to share. You oh, know, as we used to do in school, when they teach us, say, do you have something to share? <laughs> I do have something to share. I've got a weird news right here. I've got an alleged burglar breaks into a house to watch TV convinces the homeowner to give him a ride. Now, how crazy is this? A homeowner in Maine, going back to Maine again, told you they're crazy up there. A homeowner in Maine received a surprise visitor at his Waterboro police... Wait a minute. At his Waterboro... Wait a minute. The Waterboro police in York County said that The man opened the door of his house to find an intruder watching television and wearing some of his clothes. In addition, the trespasser had helped himself to the homeowner's food and took a shower. Derek Tarbox is the intruder, the 35-year-old alleged burglar, somehow then convinced the homeowner that he had mistaken his house for a friend's house that he was trying to go to. So then the intruder, whose name is Tarbox, reportedly asked the homeowner to drive him to another home 
in the area. The resident thought the scenario was unusual, unusual but plausible, so he agreed to drive the intruder to a house in Hollis, the, um, according to the police. He said, the, the homeowner said, I wanted to get the man out of my house, so I agreed to drive him. I guess that's, he thought that made sense no to him. Smart. He said, let me get this fool out of my house. Yeah, I'll drive you. Mm-hmm. So the, when the homeowner got back home, after he took him to Hollis, he noticed that his back door had been forced open and that there were things missing. He mm. said he inspected the house further and saw the back door had been forced open, food missing from the refrigerator, and other signs of the house being ransacked. Deputies soon learned from the Maine State Police that Tarbox had allegedly stolen a vehicle in Portland and then ran out of gas in Hollis. He later stole another vehicle and drove it till he crashed it in the woods. Dude is off the chain. He then walked to the caller's home, broke in through the rear door, had a bite to eat, showered, watched TV before being confronted by the tenant, or the owner, rather. A tip from one of Tarbox's relatives led investigators to him, and authorities arrested him without incident. He was reportedly still wearing the clothes that belonged to the homeowner whose house he had burglarized. Was this dude off the chain or what? I'm putting him on the kiss it list. Derek Tarbox, you are a hot mess. I mean, you going to break into somebody's house, put on the man's clothes, eat the man's food, watch the man's television, then ask the man to take you to another city so you can burglarize somebody else? You you got a lot of gall. Derek Tarbox, you're on the kiss it list. That's a hell of a name. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he acts like a fool. I don't know. All right, you ready with your uh, weird news, Kettle? Yep. Boy calls 911 to gripe about getting snow pants for Christmas. The Christmas oh, gift boy. meant to keep a seven-year-old Ontario boy warm apparently left him cold. But the way he responded was very naughty. He called 911 to report his cruel, cruel parents. This is an Ontario um, provincial police sergeant, um, Kerry um, Smith, told uh, CTV News the unidentified boy made the call on Christmas Day because he was upset with his gift and wanted police to help. So Smith said officers determined the call was not an emergency and no one was dispatched to the child's house. However, he had, he, he um, definitely thinks the child should definitely be put on the naughty list. <laughs> okay. Um, he goes on to say, if the person hangs up, we have to follow up on the person and go and track them down, he told the network. We have to treat every call as an emergency. Okay, so he goes on to say kids need to realize that calling 911 is critical and serious, he said. Uh-huh. Um, we, we don't want to waste resources going after calls that aren't an emergency. So it seems obvious, but the uh, gallery below features are the people who didn't get the memo. 
<laughs> oh my god. That is crazy. So I guess he didn't appreciate those snow pants, huh? He wanted what, a toy or a pony or I something else? You sound you said it was just damn sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't say be. if he wanted any other gift. Yeah. Just unhappy about his gift. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Well, he sure didn't appreciate getting no snow pants. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. All right. What you got, Papa? I got a man try to pay for McDonald's with a uh, bag of weed. <laughs> I would have took it if I was the damn. Oh, my goodness. All right. What's the story, Papa? Well, the story is uh, this happened in Port St. Lucie, uh, which is in Florida. The Associated Press reported this, that uh, police in Florida say a 23-year-old man went through a McDonald's drive-thru and tried to pay for his order with a bag of marijuana. In the drive-thru? Yeah, it was a drive-thru. Oh, gosh. All right. News outlets report Port St. Lucie police said that the fast food worker denied the trade and Anthony Andrew Gallagher drove off, only to return again a short time later. Police arrested him Sunday on charges of marijuana possession and driving under the influence. <laughs> police were alerted to Gallagher uh, to his offer early Sunday morning and got a uh, description of him from the worker. Okay. They said a suspect matching description went through the drive-thru a little while later, and police approached him. It's unclear if Gallagher attempted to pay for his order with drugs the second time, but uh, it's also but he also has a lawyer in his defense. Lord have mercy. So the first time he denied him and said, "We don't want your weed. Pay with cash." He gonna come back through the drive-thru and try it again. Yeah. He was probably high and had the munchies like a mofo. <laughs> Said, "Look, I got some weed here. Take this weed. Give me that Big Mac." <laughs> I would took him. I would took him a Oh my goodness! Well, that's the weird news. All I can say is it's weird for a reason. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna keep on going with. Uh, I'm just saying. Let me get that in. Because I want to talk about these people up on uh, Capitol Hill. I have had it up to my eyeballs with Congress and Capitol Hill. So that that's pretty much my topic tonight. Um, can can I can I preach? Get the drummer son. All right. Uh, tonight I'm just saying. All right. Politics have turned into an us versus them situation. Okay, far beyond any time that I can recall in recent or modern history. And frankly, I'm sick of it. I am sick, sick, sick of it. I'm just saying, whatever happened to it being about us, about U.S., us, why is the focus of everything about, you know, all this partisan stuff? Everything is partisan-focused. It shouldn't be so much about what the Republicans want versus what the Democrats want. It should be about what the people of the United States of America want. Isn't that why we vote in the first place? I mean, I'm just saying. If the current two-party system can't get over itself 
and get back to the main objective of serving the people who voted for them, we'll keep on ending up with stupid situations like the current government shutdown and worse. I'm just saying, what happened to us? Aren't we the U.S. of A? Us? You see how U.S. of A is spelled us. There's an us in there in U.S. of A, U.S.A. It's right there. It's not the United States of the Republicans or the United States of the Democrats, or at least it wasn't intended to be. As a registered voter and citizen of the U.S. or us of A, I have had it with this game of politics, with the temper tantrums, the name-calling, the shouting match, the tweets, the pissing contest, all of it. I'm tired of it. I just want these people who make good money to do their job to just do their job. That's what they were hired to do. That's what they were voted in to do. Do your job. I mean, is that too much to ask? If we don't do our job, we get fired, right? If you get hired to do a job and you don't do a good job, they kick you right out of there and you get fired. Why don't we do the same thing with these Congress people? If they don't do a good job, they need to get fired. If it was up to me, all these Congress people that are the main problems would be fired immediately. There are other people in this country that really care and want to see the U.S. or the us of A move forward. So let's stop playing games and get the job done, put the government back to work, and stop the stupidity. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, it's not about them, it's about we. Not about we or them or all of that stuff. It's about us, the us of A. That's all I'm saying. I've had it with this bull. Thank you very much. It's just getting ridiculous, you know. They sit back talking about, well, the Republicans, well, the Democrats, and get, let it let it go. Give it a rest. They need to just drop this whole two-party thing, let go of your political affiliation, and let's just get down to the business of fixing the problems. You know, can can we just do that? I don't give a dag on whether you're red, whether you're blue. Don't nobody care about your colors. That sounds like some gang stuff in the first place. Then they go out and arrest the gang members for wearing the red and the blue scarves and all that, right? But with the Democrats and the Republicans, they're quick to want to show their colors, aren't they? Everything is about the red and the blue. Who's red? Who's blue? Red stay blue stay. Red stay blue stay. But when the gang members do it, they want to lock them up. This is some double standard BS, and I am fed up with it. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm just saying. I get mad about this bull because, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. You know? They want to fly their colors, but the gangs can't fly their colors because it's illegal. Why is this stuff legal for them to fly their colors? Yeah, it makes sense. I can tell you where they can fly those colors. 
So don't think Trump is, is by no stretch of the imagination. And he has to make an appearance to these different places every couple months. This is why he goes to these rallies and fires these people up because you got to keep them interested. Because if they're dumb as boxes, rocks from the beginning, you got to keep shooting venom in their damn arm so they'll walk and talk like you want them to. In order for you to have anybody, if I'm trying to get with this fine-ass girl that I done fucked up her head, then I got to keep fucking up her head in order to keep tapping that ass. You understand what I'm saying? And this is what Trump is doing. He keep going in their head in order to keep tapping their ass. And this is why he's able to keep control over them by going to this rally and that rally and saying a bunch of stuff. And just like Red Wine said, now that we broke it down on the Democrats, the Democrats, that sounds so fucking childish. A Democrat is a choice. What if we all decide to vote Republican? What you going to do when a bunch of Negroes now are Republicans? What you going to do you wake up the next morning, 600,000 to 100,000 to 2 million to 10 million now, black people have begun, now have gone over to your side. You want us to stay on that side. Be careful what you wish for. Us being, if, it's, if, if we are constituted to be Democrats on the blue side, that's what you want because you want something to fight up against. I don't think you can handle us being in your fucking backyard. Because you're not used to us in your backyard. Well, you're not used to us on your golf course. Well, you're not used to us being anywhere that you find yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. If you and your, if you would shake down the golf bag, take a look at the golf bag. You know what the golf bag is? The golf bag is what the caddies carry for the golfers. You know how many pockets is on that damn golf bag? You know what's in those pockets? Whiskey, weed, coke, hash. You name it. You know why people go on the golf course? Because it's open air. You could drink, smoke, act a fool. Ain't no damn camera out there going to monitor nothing out there because it ain't near shit. You ever seen a telephone pole on a golf course? No. When you have a camera, you got to attach it to something. But what can you attach to on a golf course when ain't shit to attach to? Ain't nothing out there but grass, land, sand, ditches, dunes, water. You know how many... Deals were cut on a golf course? Wake up. See where people go to make their best deals. That's why Trump fucks with golf courses, because you could take a group of people out there and y'all could talk about anything while you go in your golf bag and smoke and drink anything. Wake up, America. Look at this shit, like I said with my parents from the very beginning. Common sense and good learning sense. Stop getting hype over the bullshit. These are people like anybody else. Trump's in his damn 70s, okay? After a while, he's going to be like anybody else as he get older. He's going to start forgetting shit, dementia, pissing in his pants, prostate up his ass, the shit we all go through, okay? Whatever the hell God has intended for him as far as bad health is concerned, I ain't wishing no bad luck on him, but the shit going to hit his ass. So what are you people going to do to spoil his ass like a cult going to do when your leader loses his fucking mind? Ronald Reagan lost his mind. Everybody lost that shit. Last two years of Ronald Reagan's pregnancy, Nancy was running that shit, whispering in his ear. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about him. God bless him. The same with Trump. He think he's a shit now, but putting all that goddamn clear form in your hair and shit to make the shit stand and stay, after a while, shit gonna leak to your brain. Fuck up your head. So I'm not talking about him, but after a while, in your 70s, hell. When you're 70 years old, man, that's just show off shit come down. You say, damn, did I peel myself? You know? So all I'm saying, in a nutshell, as I close out, 
is this here. As my father always says, and this too will come to pass. And this too will come to pass. So just sit back and wait and be cool. You ain't got to get excited. Everything, Chris Kringle eventually becomes fucking Santa Claus. Okay? So just be cool. Happy New Year. All right. Yeah, again. All right. And on that note, it's time to pop another bottle. Hey. And then we go I'm to the West Coast. There. I'm busy. <laughs> busy over there Woo! popping. <laughs> I'm busy. I just want I just want the people to relax, man. Relax. We we deal with a man in his seventies. We'll be cool. Don't worry oh, about but it. But a nut. Yeah, if he was in his thirties and forties, we have a problem. But he's in his seventies. Shit. Come on, man. After all that prostate gonna say, I'm closing up. You're gonna be pissing in your pants at night. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> On the West Coast. What's happening? <laughs> All right, all right. On that note, we're going to go to Hollywood. Well, unfortunately, for uh, the um, Aretha Franklin's uh, estate, has has to pay $3 million in back taxes to the IRS. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Right, right. And I think that was another reason why she wanted to um, always uh, get her things in cash. She, um had some issues in the past. It says, um, early on Thursday reported that legal documents obtained um, shows the IRS claimed the singer owes more than $6.3 million in back taxes from 2012 to 2018 and $1.5 million in penalties. So, uh, apparently the estate just paid the $3 million, so I guess they're working on the regular, uh, uh, the balance of what is owed. Um, it goes on to say she had to pay for transportation, hotel rooms, backup singers, musicians. So when she when um, she did that, the RS was questioning the um, return she filed. So um, the gentleman, uh, part of the IRS, he says, um, we're going through audits now. Returns were filed as timely as he could get them filed. So... You know, her estate is going through some motions as far as filing income taxes. So maybe that time period she did not file. So they're just looking for their back money. So also goes on to say in 2008, the singer said an attorney's mistake caused her $700,000 mansion and the choice to slip into foreclosure over $445 in 2005 taxes in late fees. The Detroit Free what? Press reported then that Franklin owed a total of $19,192 in back taxes on the property through uh, 2007. Wow. I'm like, yeah. And so it just seemed like, um, to me, you know, she, maybe she didn't keep up on her books like she should have. And what they always say, when you hire a lawyer or somebody you need to hire another lawyer, just watch him. So. Okay. Um, also, um, Forrest Whitaker, he's getting a divorce. A 57-year-old Black Panther actor cites in, in uh, re- reconcilable differences in the divorce filing of his wife of 22 years. Um, Whitaker, he's played in Lee Daniels, The Butler of the Crying Game, The Last King of Scotland, which he won an Academy Award back in 2007. 
Um, his wife, her name is Nash uh, Whitaker. She's 46. Um, she had a few minor credits as an actress and a producer herself. Um, they met uh, the set in 1994 in the film Blown Away, and they married in, in 96. So they have two grown daughters, um, their union, but then um, from previous marriages, they had a, a daughter apiece. So, um, so sorry to hear about that. Also, breaking news, just heard that um, Usher, he's filing for a divorce from his wife. They have been separated since last year, but um, they are filing for divorce, um, filed for divorce today, matter of fact. It's unfortunate. So, also, um, what, how long, do you know how long they were married? That's a good is this question. the one that is this the older woman that he married that used to be his manager or something? No, he divorced her some time ago. This was a recent wife, oh. so they really weren't together that long. This this recent wife, oh, okay. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Nope, he got rid of her because um, that's the um, the first wife he had the two children by. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But this wife, they didn't have any children. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Frank Adonis, the actor who played the real-life mobster Anthony Stable in The Goodfellas, he, he died, he was 83. He was born in Brooklyn, October 27, 1935. He had 40 acting credits. He played in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, remember that crazy movie? <laughs> True oh, yeah. Romance and Bad Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. So um, he he had some um, kidney problems, um, and he had been on dialysis for um, for a few years. So and he lost his battle. He was eighty three. Yep, good fellas. That was a good film, also. That was one one of the great films back in that time era. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, um, one notable. Uh, Gentlemen, um, Richard Overton, uh, he, he's not an actor, a Hollywood actor. He's a real-life person, Richard Overton. He's the nation's oldest man and World War II veteran. He died. He was 112 years old. 112? He 112. He was born in St. Mary's in Bastrop County on May 11, 1906. Uh, he went to the Army. He enlisted in the Army in 1942. And nine months after the Pearl Harbor attack, he served the Pacific um, uh, Theater, including Guam. He, so he's been all over the area until 45 when he left the service. So 112. Wow. He's looking good, too. Yep, yep, looking good. Okay. Richard Overton. So. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. I guess I might as well keep rolling. Got the cocktail of the week. It's called oh, okay. the naughty. It's called the naughty and nice. So. All right. What's the, the naughty nice? The naughty, naughty and nice. The, oh, it's naughty, naughty and, and nice. nice. Yes. Okay. So enjoy a naughty and nice. This refreshing vodka drink is made with Ciroc. French vanilla flavored vodka and a dessert wine. 
So we have one ounce of Ciroc uh, French vanilla, uh, 1.75 ounces of pink grapefruit, uh, 0.5 ounces of honey, 0.5 ounces of ginger cordial, 1.75 ounces of French dessert wine, and a 1.75 ounce of sparkling water. Um, Pour uh, Ciroc French Vanilla, Pink Grapefruit Juice, Honey, Ginger, Cordial, French Dessert Wine, and Sparkling Water directly into a glass over ice. Hmm. Stir in- until mixed well and chilled. Garnish with as much color as possible using grapes, uh, long orange zest, and um, some cloves. Interesting. And that's called the naughty and nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so a lot of that was pretty good. Yeah, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we go to the kissing list, Cattle, did you were you going to go through any of the folks we lost in 2018? Oh yes, we did lose some. Yes, yes. Okay, 2018. It's quite a bit. It's quite a bit. Um, I didn't realize um, Cosby had lost his daughter. Her name was um, Insa Cosby, Bill Cosby's daughter. Now, is that the oldest daughter, the one that he had illegitimately or something? I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to check that out. Um, also, Arthur Mitchell, dancer and choreographer. Dennis Edwards, the singer of The Temptations. Um, Jerry Van Dyke, actor and comedian. Um, Reverend Billy Graham, evangelist. Olivia Cole, actress. Mac Miller, rapper. Burt Reynolds, wow. Neil Simon, the playwright. Um, John McCain, the senator. Of course, Aretha Franklin, queen of soul. Uh, Charlotte Ray, okay. Actress, fact of life. Tyler Honeycutt, former NBA player. Also, our beloved Nancy Wilson, a jazz legend. Um, George H. W. Bush, former U.S. president. Um, Devin Lima, LFO singer. Um, William Goldman, novelist and screenwriter. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid wrote those. Kim Porter. Uh, P. Diddy's ex-wife. That was unfortunate to hear about that. Paul Allen, a Microsoft co-founder. Um, Chelsea Smith, former Miss Texas and Miss Universe. Also Bill Daly, actor of um, I Dream of Jeannie. Um, oh, yeah, that was Roger. Yeah. Uh, Robin Leach, Lifestyles of the Rich Famous. Wow. Yeah, I used to watch that uh, show quite a bit. Also, um, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Those were the most popular ones. Everybody knows Anthony Bourdain, the celebrity chef. I still don't understand that. Um, Kate Spade, the fashion designer. Uh, Margaret Kidder, actress from Superman. Um, And Vern Troyer, Austin Powers actor. And uh, Barbara Bush former First Lady of the U.S., and Winnie Mandela, hmm, South African activist. Hmm. Got about her, too. All right. Oh, of 
course, Penny Penny Marshall, director and actress, is known and known for uh, Laverne and Shirley. Can't forget her. Hmm. Yep, we've lost some greats. 2018, it will truly be missed. Oh, and Joe Jackson. And you know what? I did hear um, some news um, pertaining to um, Catherine Jackson that she has a um, she may have a brain tumor and that she's supposed to be going into um, hospital for operation. I think that was going on just today or by tomorrow. Oh no! So, uh, hearts and prayers go out to Jackson family. So I'm sorry to hear that. Yep, she's 88. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's getting up there in age. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, some of the grace that we lost. Yeah, it's getting rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting all rough right. out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for that list. And, you know, shout out to all the friends and family of those that we've lost. And if we didn't call them, call them out, you know, we're remembering everybody. It was a lot of folks we lost in 2018. Celebrities, non-celebrities, family, friends. Oh, boy. This has been quite a year. That's all I can say. It's been a heck of a year. Uh, Papa, can you tell us about the Kiss It list so we can uh, get that done? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, Kiss It list, last list for the year is people that show their ass and act a fool and we put them on blast. Uh, We can start with... uh, Start with your boy, 45. No, 45, of course, for a full year. Yeah. Acting like he's trying to, you know, whatever. Ohio Bank, that uh, would not cash a uh, black man's check. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Wells Fargo. And you do we need the, to put Charles Barkley on the kisser list? Yeah, if we're talking about mm-hmm. the NBA, mm-hmm. shut up and be a commentator, will you please? Fat bastard. You fat bastard. He's a bad bastard. Anyway, <laughs> Wells Fargo, Maine, um, government, um, Double Tree Hotel in uh, Oregon. Yes. Yep. There you go. Sarah Sanders. That line heifer. Yeah, that's... Um, she was on TV talking about, well, the Republicans are trying to compromise with the Democrats, but they won't even come to the table and talk. I'm like, you're lying. You are flat out lying. So we done broke the world down into two different entities. That's crazy. Yeah, stop lying. Uh, Derek Carbox? Yeah, that's that guy that broke into that man's house, ate his food, put on his clothes, asked Mm -hmm. for a ride, stole a car. He was just off the chain. He was sick, probably. Yeah, something wrong with him. You got Anthony Gallagher. Who was that? Who's Anthony Gallagher? I remember the name, but I forgot what he did. Mm, he just did. He said, pay, uh, try to pay with, uh. Oh, he's the one that tried to pay for McDonald's with Pay with weed. the marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my hero. Oh. I would took <laughs> Oh, boy. I would took um, the Anybody else got a... No, uh, Ohio Bank, the caller called in and asked us to put on the kitchen list. Yeah, we got them. Okay. Anybody That's else? It. Other than Papa Didi? Yeah, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we got something for everybody on the kiss and listen. Kiss it is. my empire ass. Kiss 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 my empire ass. Ki
my ass. You can just Welcome back to John Prime One Hills, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much. I mean, all right. we got through another year, and that's, that's all beautiful. That's wonderful. Uh, One last bottle to pop before we go to the last My year. final word is that... Uh, just uh, like my man uh, Jerry Springer says, you know, take care of yourself and each other, you know. And like um, Ellen Generous says, be kind to one another, which is two great terms they both use. Um, at, at the end of this year, I'm thankful for uh, everything in my life, you know. Uh, I lost my father in December 2017, which is the end of the year, and this makes it a complete year of uh, finally realizing that my father's gone. And um, I'm, I'm, um, I guess I'm in that club now, club that a lot of people was in long before me. So whoever else has lost their father, uh, I'm uh, in the club, and I, uh, I'm feeling it. So, Dad, uh, miss you, love you, and uh, I guess I'll see you on the other side. All right. Shout out to uh, Papa Didi's Papa, Papa Didi Sr. Uh, I just want to say, you know, everybody, I hope you make it over to 2019. Let's try to have a prosperous year. Whatever you think you've been put on this planet to do, let's get it done. You know, tomorrow's not promised. I'm not trying to be fatalistic, but I'm just saying tomorrow's not promised. If you feel like you've got a mission, a calling, let's get it done. Stop procrastinating. Get it done. Get your mission in progress. Get it done. That's my mantra My mantra for 2019. Get it done. Over to you, Kevin. I wasn't sure what I wanted to say, but uh, I think um, it has to do with the presidency. The presidency is, is an institution that we need to learn how to um, respect and some dignity and just, you know, carry it in a different way. It's unfortunate that this 45 is is is, is in office, but, uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's the word. But we have to get back to the, um, the institution of the presence. That's just, you know. That's all I can say. It's just I feel, you know, like um, we're being laughed at, and it's just a disgrace to our country. You know, the things that we're going through, and that he is a subject of us too. Um, so 
you know, from from the wall to the border patrol to the to the people that have died, the kids that have died, is two kids that have that we know of that have died. Um, those things should have never happened. You know, these people come over here to have a better life. Um, they mm-hmm. want to work. They want to maintain themselves. Um, just the things that they want to do for the United States. And it, it, to me, they, them coming over here is making us, as Red Wine said earlier, a better place. And um, until the 45 realizes that, hey, all we need is some prayer and guidance. That's all I can say. So I hope 2019 is a better year and we can get through this 45 and uh, that's my last word. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Well, we want to thank you all for hanging with us for 2018 on the Pajama Party Show. We truly appreciate you. We love you. We thank you. We, do, we don't take you for granted. And we just want to thank you. So uh, check us out on the other side on 2019. We're going to keep doing it bigger and better, as only we can do. Tell somebody about the Pajama Party Show. Invite a friend to come and hang out with us on Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do it all over again on the other side. We want to thank you. Please check us out on uh, apajamaparty.com. Please visit our sponsor, our uh, parent company, dchomegrown.com. Our sponsors, Purple House Books, purplehousebooks.com. DCHomegrown.com. We'd appreciate it. Check out uh, the book on PurpleHouseBooks.com, The Bling Bling Bird. If you don't have your copy, get your copy. Get two copies. Get three copies. We'd appreciate it. We're out of here. Say good night, Papa, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Say good night, Cattle. Good night. Happy New Year. See you on the other side. And All right. Bonsoir and Happy New Year. Till next year, we're out. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Put some party cool, people will be cool.